If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Exciting happens as the attorney general is currently being questioned by House members. If anything exciting happens or newsworthy, we will bring it to you. But he's mostly being droned at by backbenchers, so not so good. It's the Appropriations Subcommittee. Um, it's not where you put your brightest stars, and they're uh, there to talk about the budget. So that's that. Um, I don't know if you've heard. I this. see a line item here for plastic sheeting. Yeah, there was a leak in the roof. All right. Have we talked to Deborah Saunders, uh, White House correspondent for the Las Vegas Review Journal, since that lady snuck into Mar-a-Lago? I don't know if we have. I think it may have come up briefly, but okay. not as much was known then. Anyway, we're going to talk to her about the DHS, uh, some of the changing jobs going the on. shake-up. Right it's a major shake-up, Jack. Um, I don't know if you've heard this immigration's a big topic. Seems to be in the news a lot. President talks about it a lot. Immigration to the United States? There are people coming to the United States. Both, really? Both through legal means and illegally. Wait a minute. Illegally? Then are they arrested and, and removed? <laughs> um, so, thought this was kind of interesting. I worry, some, I worry sometimes when, uh, as we think about how to deal with the immigration issue, we, we think that any 
moves towards assimilation of the existing of newcomers to the existing culture is somehow betrayal. Should we want to encourage newcomers to learn the language of the country they're moving to? Of course. Does that mean that they can never use their own language? No. Of course, that it doesn't mean that. But it's you know it's not racist to say ah if you're going to be here then you should learn the language of the country that you just arrived at. Good luck getting Obama. The nom- Good luck getting the nomination. Racist Barack Obama. It's just like a racist to say it's not racist. That is so clearly, undeniably self-evident. Anybody who disagreed with it, I would want checked for mental illness. <laughs> I am moving to France. The first priority I would have for myself and my entire family would be to learn as much French as humanly possible. That's just obvious. How about your kid showing up in school and not speaking a word of the language? Right. God, that's just, that's rough. I, I see that. It and, happens and a lot. And shouting at the French teacher, what about my heritage? Huh? In English. It's just when you when you take it away from the overheated, unicornian, illogical rhetoric that that somehow has gained currency, that it just seems stupid. That wasn't... It's discouraging. It's a little frightening to even have to argue against that point of view because it's so Looney Tunes. That wasn't an old tape, by the way. Often people play stuff from Barack Obama back in the day, and it's, you know... Like 2012, uh, back in the day. <laughs> it seems like it was 50 years ago politically because times have changed so much. But that was over the weekend. He said a couple of interesting things. He said that. He also said, I'm concerned that we have this circular fire firing squad going on among the candidates that are Democrats over who's pure enough. I think he, I think that little thing there was to give some of them some cover to be able to come out and say, yeah, that is that is a good idea, that people should have, you know. Because so maybe knows. you could get the nomination by saying that. Because I think if you just said that out loud, you'd get killed. Yes, which, which brings us to, I think, the ultimate point, and that's a notion, for instance, that you shouldn't have immigrants, you could, shouldn't encourage them to assimilate, to learn the language. I mean, that's crazy, but it is, it, it, it's become so accepted because the outward 5% controls the conversation. And that sort of crazy notion controls the conversation, but it doesn't control people's perception across America. And so while there's no room for anybody to say anything but that in Democrat circles, most voters are thinking, um, I think it's okay to ask people to learn English when they speak here. And so Barack Obama is a practical enough politician to know that the wacky 5% is going to kill the Democratic Party's chances to get elected. That, that, there was a point to that message, right? To say it's oh, not absolutely. racist to say people need to learn to speak English. Right. I think that's given cover to any candidates that want to say that out loud and give you a much better chance of getting elected. Right, right. Because um, I doubt anybody's going to disagree with Barack Obama. He's still the most popular Democrat in the country. They would do so gently. But like you said, he now gives people cover to say as... Barack Obama said just the other day, right. it's okay to ask them to learn to speak English. Again, it's, you know, it's like, you know, it's having a discussion with your spouse. Um, so we've decided we're not going to set fire to the house while we sleep tonight. I mean, why are we having this discussion? What sort of bizarre world have we entered where it's even necessary to have this discussion? I don't know. It freaks me out a little bit.
Yeah. But I suppose, you know, we might as well have it. Point out how bizarre it is. Me sitting there in a German classroom as a teenager. Now, why aren't you speaking English to me? Because uh, this is Germany, and not only are you an immigrant, I, we think you snuck into the country. How, how dare you? Who are you? What, what, where do you get off? They would quite properly ask. Oh, you're a racist. I know. What I, is the matter with this country? I personally know a Lost lot of people minds. in a number of different crowds that I'm associated with that if I said out loud, like standing around in their backyard, people come here and need to learn to speak English. People would look at me like I was a Nazi. I guarantee you. Yeah, well. And Barack Obama just said it. I want to get this other one in, too. Bernie Sanders, who doesn't get enough credit for being anti-illegal immigration. He's said that several times over the years because he's a socialist, and socialist programs don't work unless you have a limit on who you're going to let into the country. Exactly. Um, This is Bernie Sanders. If your point is you open the boards, my God, you know, there's a lot of poverty in this world, and you're going to have people from all over the world, and I, I, I don't think that's something that we can do at this point. Can't do it. You can't have a massive welfare state and not control your borders. You just can't do it. It doesn't work. It doesn't work anyway. Right. But it definitely doesn't work if you're just going to allow anybody to come in. A never-ending supply of takers? No, that'll drag the system down. It'll depress working-class wages. And the rest of it, everybody knows that. I don't know. I mean, unless they're so deluded by their ideology, they've lost the capacity for logic. I don't know if those two clips from Barack Obama and Bernie Sanders, two of the most popular Democrats in America. Maybe number one and number two. Yeah. I don't know if that'll have any effect on this whole conversation, but it certainly should. Well, listen, if it has any effect, I would just say to you, my friends, whether you be left, right, or center, you're right. You're right, your attitudes. It's okay to ask people to assimilate. It's okay to limit immigration. You're right. Don't be cowed into silence. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So the Attorney General, Barr is his name. Some days you eat the bar, some days the bar eats you. Attorney General Barr has uh, said in front of a committee today, since it's about the budget, he said, I'm not going to talk about the Mueller report today. So that kind of puts an end to that. I'm not in the mood. Which is fine for me. I didn't want to talk about it either. So we're on the same page. Super. Um, So uh, enough of that. Enough of that for now. Deborah J. Saunders is the White House correspondent for the Las Vegas Review Journal. She has a B.A. in Greek and Latin, and you don't, and she joins us now. Hello, Deborah. <laughs> Somebody out there listening might have a BA in Greek and Latin. Yeah, we, we do have a number, and this may shock you, a number of learned listeners. <laughs> oh, so Have you been to Mar-a-Lago? I assume you have. No, I haven't. You have not. You know, I was going to go uh, in March because there was supposed to be a summit down there. But, you know, generally it's not. You can go anytime. Before. You can just walk in from what I understand. Carrying hard, right. carrying hard drives so. and wigs and all kinds Claim of stuff. Claim you want to go swimming. <laughs> I, I think you have to be friends with a member and you have to be carrying a lot of technical stuff with you. A lot of hard, you know, drives and phones and everything. Then, then, then they'll let you in. Hey, what's your take on that? Is that Chinese gal just the world's worst spy or what? <laughs> You have to wonder at times if there are people. I mean, I have no idea, right? But you have to wonder if they just think, hey, let's just see if this works. Let's see if we can get somebody in. <laughs> and, 
I mean, <clears throat> literally, she didn't have like an effective cover. She hadn't looked at their calendar of events or anything. Or okay, well, there, right. there's more to this story. Okay, all right, fair enough, fair enough. So, did that have anything to do with the uh, with Trump firing the Secret Service chief? Apparently not. Apparently, okay. he was told two weeks ago that the change was in the air. Okay. And so he's known about this. Um, and that's, but it sure makes Trump look good for getting rid of him, doesn't it? I, it, huh. it really has more to do with the fact he's a Department of Homeland Security a, a person who was put in on the suggestion of John Kelly, the former chief of staff, who Trump, Trump and he are now at odds. Yeah, okay, fair enough. So let's talk about Kirsten Nielsen, the uh, head of uh, Department of Homeland Security. Uh, she got canned, according to all uh, accounts. What was going on there? Well, you know, this is one of those stories where you have different sides whispering about uh, she wanted to quit. She went in there. She was ready to quit. And and Trump's people are, no, we got rid of her. And, you know, do we care? (laughs) The thing is, but we do know, this is what we do know is going on, is that uh, Trump feels that he's not getting the the border changes that he wants. He wants to do something about uh, people coming to the border. And her hands are tied, and it's not really her fault. Um, it's because there are laws in place that need to be changed, like the law that uh, doesn't allow you to return people from, from Honduras, Guatemala, or El Salvador. You can't return minors. Uh, you have to keep them here. Um, and then there, there are court decisions, the Flores decision, which uh, really ties the hands of people in the government. And uh, I think the Wall Street Journal had a great editorial about this yesterday, which is so Kirsten Nielsen can't do it. You know, you, just because Donald Trump is president doesn't mean he can wave a magic wand and everything will happen. And Nielsen has been telling him that he can't just get everything he wants because people will stop him. Some of the stuff is not considered legal. She should have and, played the Rolling Stones. You can't always get what you want <laughs> in the Oval Office. <laughs> I don't think you're allowed to play that to him. I think that's a one-way thing. Right. So anyway, I mean, that... that uh, she tendered her resignation Sunday night, and it followed uh, Trump deciding that the person, uh, uh, Vitello, who he wanted uh, t- to head um, uh, Immigration and Customs, also has been let go. So there's a bit of a purge going on in the Department of Homeland Security. So it, and, it, it seems as if he was demanding the undoable from her, and they just didn't work well enough together to manage that. Yeah, that's the way I would put it. I think that, and you know, imagine the stress that you're under when you have a job like that. Uh, since she since she signed a resignation, a number of Democrats and other people are coming out and they're saying, "Well, she'll always be known as the woman who put people in cages, mm-hmm. right?" And you're 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 shouldering this huge burden. At the same time, your boss is yelling at you all the time because you can't because you're not doing what he wants. But you know, I think. I don't think that you blame your generals for every situation that they encounter. And that seems to be the case of what's happening here. A, a number of people seem to agree that when, it's about time, isn't it, that Congress does its job and you know makes laws that fit the times? I completely agree. But, you know, I think just as uh, conservatives look at Barack Obama and say, you could have passed a DREAM Act in your first two years when Democrats had the White House, the Senate and the House, but you didn't. I think this is going to be the thing that people turn on Trump with. Uh, Republicans had the White House, the House, the Senate, and they never really worked to change this law, uh, basically, that, you know, that, that, has different rules for people who are not content from Mexico or Canada dealing with them in immigration. And that's something that Trump should have pushed, had a better chance of winning at, 
than, than, than what's happening now. And he didn't do it in his first two years. He can, now, he sh- I, that doesn't mean he shouldn't try now, but it's going to be a lot harder with Democrats controlling the House. Yeah, but, but again, we're, we're looking at it from the president on down, which has become the American obsession. The House ought to be having emergency hearings right now and, like, trying to pass legislation. They've just totally abdicated their responsibilities. It's just, it's You're completely right, but, but they don't want to. Right. <laughs> they're, they're busy saying there's no emergency here. What are you talking about? And we'll see what happens. I mean, um, ironically, if uh, Trump isn't able to staunch the flow of immigrants and we have more than 100,000 a month for the next few months, which is what we're, we're expecting coming, uh, being apprehended at the border, that I think people's opinions will change. Um, but this is not the way we're supposed to be doing things. This, De- this is no way to handle a humanitarian crisis. Deborah J. Saunders, White House correspondent for the Las Vegas Review Journal. Uh, Deborah, citing your your degree in Latin, uh, ipso facto and habeas corpus, <laughs> is there another country on earth with as incoherent and stupid a jumble of immigration policies as the United States? In your opinion, no, no. How could there be? I mean, they'd be the subject of international mockery. (laughs) It's only our nuclear arsenal that prevents that, in my opinion. And when people talk about comprehensive immigration reform, what they're really talking about is is gutting is 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 making the law less effective. Mm. I mean, that's really what they want to do. And we and really, I do think there could be a deal that could be cut. You could have a a dream act for uh, people came in here as, as minors through no fault of their own. And you could also do something about Central America and other things to, to, to uh, dissuade people from coming now. Right. But you're just not, unfortunately, and, and you're absolutely right, both sides are to blame on this. They just, uh, they feel that, uh, they, that, that having the status quo, which is, you know, t- total dysfunction, serves their interest. Sure. Right. Yep. yep. Well, and I mean, for instance, you brought up the DACA recipients. I refuse to use the term dreamers because I dream, too, and I was born here. Actually, I was born in Italy, but never mind. A service brat. Uh, but there's an overwhelming support among the American public for some sort of deal that gives amnesty to the DACA kids. I mean, nobody cares. The number of people who don't want to do that is tiny, and yet they can't that get that going, get a compromise. It's just so frustrating. I mean, it really is. And, and, and really, both sides think that it's in their interest to keep things going. Absolutely. Well, i got to whip it up for the the election, because we're in an election cycle now, which is always true. Yeah. I'm not a violent man, but, man, I'd like to just crack some heads Three Stooges style in the Capitol. And I saw Kristen, what's her name, who got fired uh, last week on Fox say, we don't know within 10 million people how many illegals there are in this country. That's yeah, incredible. Good situation. 30 seconds, Deborah. 30 <laughs> You want me to count? Uh, summarize the entire. Uh, <laughs> I mean, no, nah, never it, mind. It, it's a problem, and I and I do think. I mean, it's it, the, the next problem is going to be who can Trump get to take a job when he basically has gotten rid of so many people. So Deb- who's going to be a replacement? I don't know. Deborah J. Saunders, White House correspondent for the Las Vegas Review Journal, will have a link to her latest stuff. You can read it yourself. Thanks, Deborah. Great to talk to you. Always fun. Thank you. You can't always get what you want. What's coming up in your news, Marsha Phillips? Well, Attorney General Barr facing off against Congress in the Mueller report. Trump promising once again when it comes to the border, he will protect America no matter what. And watching the end of Homo sapiens. Well, that should be our headline. This might be my favorite sounding record of all time, just the way it's produced. Brilliant. Couldn't be better. So we'll get into that, uh, all that stuff coming up. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. 
Available right now via the iHeart app and iTunes. Our two new podcasts. Armstrong and Getty, one more thing. That's our daily after show podcast. And Armstrong and Getty, extra large, featuring our interviews of the most interesting people in the world. Subscribe today via the iHeart app or iTunes. Or wherever podcasts are given away for free. Because we're stupid. An argument for legalizing prostitution that seems to be gaining some momentum? God, there's so many things that have changed in recent years that I never thought would happen. Mm. Why not that topic? I never thought marijuana would be legal all over the country. Right. Practically. Um, gay marriage seemed impossible not that long ago, so who knows? Uh, and the other yeah, thing... Yeah. You know, I tell you what. You, okay, let's keep going with the that list. You know, driver's licenses for uh, undocumented immigrants and a number of other things. You know, there's a fine line between uh, change and adaptation and anything goes. Just an inability to say, no, that would be wrong. And I just, I think we may have crossed a line. Also, Nancy Pelosi, strong shot at AOC yesterday in an interview. Uh-oh. News now with Marshall Phillips. Well, Attorney General Bill Barr says he is working to make as much of the Mueller report public as he can. In a House hearing going on today, Barr said he's still working on redactions involving confidential material, and he's working with the Mueller team on those redactions. Barr going on to tell the committee, I'll be in a position, as I said, within a week uh, to release the report. People can then read the report. I've already promised the Judiciary Committees that I would appear uh, as, as soon as they're able to schedule a hearing after the report is released. So I'm not going to discuss it any further until after the report is out. And, you know, he ought to just go ahead and say, look, the fact that I'm working with old man Mueller himself on redacting this thing properly, anybody who claims I'm covering anything up is just a lying phony. So he was... Mr. Chairman... The f- George Bush, the first attorney general, is that right? I think that's right, yeah. Is that right, Marshall? I think so, yeah. The idea that as a uh, a Bush attorney general, yeah. he's a loyal Trumpist is just probably not true. Right. That he'd be willing to break the law and risk his career to help Donald Trump, probably not the case. Well, what's interesting, and, and Trump is part of this too, absolutely, is, you know, if, if you got, say, Rachel Maddow um, pitching hard that Barr is covering up. I mean, this is a, a whitewash. He's, uh, this, 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 this is crazy. We need to see the whole report. Well, that's ridiculous. And most people know that. But the part of the base that is whipped up by that will be whipped up by that. And the part of the base that's not whipped up by that or realizes it's silly will just think, well, that's all right, because she's on our side. She's just whipping up the base. So, you know, you can get away with saying about anything in politics these days, just about anything. White House says that President Trump will do whatever it takes to protect Americans after a judge blocked the administration's policy of returning asylum seekers to Mexico while waiting for their immigration hearing. Press Secretary Sarah Sanders tweeting, quote, a liberal activist judge in San Francisco ruled the United States and Mexico can't work together to address asylum issues at the border. She claims Mexico is now doing more to secure the U.S. border than Democrats in Congress and calls the entire situation sad. 
A policy was launched in January at the San Diego crossing, and Sanders ends by saying Trump's going to do whatever it takes to keep America safe. She didn't elaborate. The judge in this case put his ruling on hold until Friday to allow the Trump administration to go ahead and appeal. Now, are you ready for another presidential candidate? Congressman. No. Congressman Eric Swalwell. He said no. (laughs) You asked. (laughs) Congressman Eric Swalwell of California is jumping jumping into the presidential race. It's too many W's in your last name. (laughs) He made the announcement on The Late Show with uh, Stephen Colbert. Swalwell said the next president indeed faces tough challenges. None of that is going to change until we get a leader who is willing to go big on the issues we take on, be bold in the solutions we offer, and do good in the way that we govern. I'm ready to solve these problems. I'm running for president of the United States. Swalwell, Swalwell. <laughs> he, um, Let me ask you this. Would you stand for a man with four U's in his last name? <laughs> no, then you shouldn't stand for a man with two W's. we got some real U inflation going on here. So, uh, he, I only know his act, Tucker Carlson, that takes him on a lot. He's a, he's a bomb chucker. Yeah. So he'll get a lot of attention, which might be his entire point. Um, some people run for president just to raise their profile. Some right. people run actually hoping to win. So we'll see. Turns out that 25% of Japanese adults under age 40 have never had sex. One in four Japanese adults under 40 no. never had no. sex. That That's amazing. Can't, that can't be true. Yep. That and, can't be true. Yep. It's a dying society. I mean, literally. And according to what this is, this needs to be studied. There's something going on beyond social media and all the stuff we talked about last week with uh, with uh, with the, the number of people in our country that aren't having sex. There's something that's something that happens to the beast when you get comfortable enough. Yes. Where you just lose the desire that's to it. procreate. That's it. I think pleasure is a desire anesthetic. And we're just yeah. so surrounded by small, tiny bits of endorphins all the time. We're constantly fed endorphins. I think it's eliminated need. It's a drive. And, and lots of different drives. You know, drive for success. Right. Drive for, you know, wealth, if that matters to you. And, and I'm not saying it should, but uh, drive to reproduce. Drive to even have a girlfriend. I mean, it's just... It's an odd, odd thing to observe. Yeah, 25% Japanese adults under age 40 have never had sex, and the survey found the numbers are increasing every year. If it was true of sea turtles, there would be a giant international effort underway <laughs> to figure out mm-hmm. what was going wrong and, yep. and rebalance the chemicals and save the sea turtle. But it's humans. Very strange. The Virginia Cavaliers in the history books claiming the NCAA Men's Basketball Championship for the first time in school history. Founded by Thomas Jefferson, University of Virginia. Really? How about that? All right. Virginia getting the best of Texas Tech, 85-77 in an overtime win. DeAndre Hunter leading the Cavs with 27 points, including this three-pointer to tie the game and send it into OT. With 12 seconds remaining. The there you go. So I hate when it goes to overtime, then it kind of is a blowout. Yeah, happens yeah. a lot. Yeah. Happens a lot. Yeah. That's wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Also, when you hear the score, if you didn't watch it like me, it seems like, oh, it wasn't that close. Right. It was, it was tied at yeah. the end of the game. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty close. Yeah. Um, back to the whole sex thing. 
So if one out of four Japanese haven't had sex at all, right. you know, there might be another one out of four that have had sex a handful of times, right? Got oh, Sure, got lucky once, whatever. That's infinitely more than zero. You might have half that have had sex six or less times. Yeah. That's incredible. As a 40-year-old. Right. right. How how strange is it? And the transition isn't from, like, Victorian times to this. It's from the sex-crazed 60s, 70s, 80s. We finally discovered a way to control births. Right. Right. You can have sex just for fun now, and people just stop. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm busy looking at my phone or whatever. The sex drive has left us. I'm telling you, it's it's going to be two or three main things, including hormones everywhere around us. They're just changing the beast. Hmm. Hasn't changed me. I don't feel any different. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you're an example of for us all. <laughs> I wonder at what point people that do... It's already kind of going that direction, especially for men, that if you do want sex or you're interested in sex, there's something wrong with you. Well, and it's a danger zone, as we've had many right. young men email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. They're like, dude, you have no idea how much stress there is with the whole, do I need to get permission every step of the way, or will she mock me for asking for permission every step of the way? <laughs> will she regret it the next day and say I'm a rapist, and I'll get kicked off a of campus or what have you? What's your theory? Text line is 415-295-KFTC. We're always trying to study Japanese sex habits here on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. You can look around our main streets. 30% of malls and stores are closing in the next four years because Amazon is soaking up another $20 billion in commerce every year. So you don't think of that as robots because robots don't just walk into the main street and sit, sit behind the counter. But if you go to an Amazon fulfillment center, you'll see it's wall-to-wall robots. So this is all real. It's not science fiction. That's interesting. That is really interesting. And who was that? That's Andrew Yang. Who's running for president. Yes. And uh, I'm glad he's getting that conversation going. And he, he has got enough donors, because Democrats have a very complicated who gets on the debate stage uh, formula that I think is a good idea. Um, if you have enough donors, he has enough donors to get on the debate stage, so he'll be able to talk about that stuff. So Walmart is expanding its use of robots in stores to help monitor inventory, clean floors, and unload trucks, part of the retail giant's effort to control labor costs. I want the robots to deal with shoplifters. Wow. (laughs) I want punitive uh, robots. A lot more saws on your robots (laughs) than uh, than the ones that are currently operating. The Punish Bot 3000. It's got clamps that reach out, snap around your arms, and drag you back ah, into the back. Uh, country's largest <laughs> private employer said at least 300 stores this year will add machines that can scan shelves for out-of-stock products. Autonomous floor scrubbers will be deployed in 1,500 stores to help speed up cleaning. They tested them in hundreds of stores last year. Only lost five, six employees? Right. They got run over by the scrubber? 
Right. Ground into the tile. Well, and, and listen, the, the 425, I think, employees who lost feet, they've fitted them with some high-quality exactly. prosthetics, and they're on their way. And they don't even know why that one had a flamethrower. They really shouldn't have had that package added on. <clears throat> well, that's the point of experiments, Sean. And the number of conveyor belts that automatically scan and sort products as they come off trucks will more than double to 1,200. Excuse me. The company said the addition of a single machine can cut a few hours a day of work previously done by a human or allow Walmart to allocate fewer people to complete a task. Large savings when you figure they have forty six hundred stores, which is an astonishing number when you think about it. Um, uh, Walmart is uh, spending their money to battle Amazon and serve more shoppers buying online. Walmart has hired around 40,000 store workers to pick groceries from shelves to fulfill online orders. They're also raising wages, adding worker training, and buying e-commerce startups. Interesting. We got this note from Will. Will's a thinker. Will from Sacto, a friend of Armstrong and Getty, over 10 years, so he's faggoty. The automation future seems to have people checking their logic at the door. The automation future will be hugely beneficial to the poor. Here's why. His his, uh, subject line is the fallacy of the automated future. See if you buy this. Automation will make many products far cheaper for the individual. Say, due to labor costs, everything costs 25% less than otherwise. Anyone who isn't poor is now going to have 25% more income to spend on other things, luxuries they wouldn't otherwise spend money on. Uh, people will eat out more often, get their nails done, buy cars, remodel their houses, etc. The jobs lost to automation will be gained through increased demand for other products because of the stronger value of money. Not to mention, uh, with costs 25% down, poor people will need to earn 25% less to get by. I hope he's right. The history of predicting these sorts of things is not good. Now, those who were barely scraping by can enter the middle class without moving up the economic ladder in dollars, anyway. Automation will push what it means to be poverty down to lower levels. Already today, the poor often have quality of living that rivals the middle class from a couple of decades ago. That is true. There's no reason to believe this trend won't continue. In fact, I think automation will rapidly speed up the process and raise everyone's standard of living. That's not to say industries won't be lost, but new ones will take their place, and it will be up to individuals to take advantage of the opportunities instead of complaining that it isn't fair. PDF to you. Please don't feed the unicorns. Will from Sacto. Boy, there's going to be an awful lot of jobs taken, though, by automation. An awful lot. On the lower rungs, especially. Well, I think of the rungs of the people he describes as those just scraping by. Like, if they were able to keep their their income and everything else changed with the price of goods dropping because of automation, that's fine. But a lot of those... Just scraping by jobs are the ones that are going to get automated out. All those truck driving jobs aren't are, aren't low paying jobs. Nope, millions of truck driving jobs. The that most could go away. The most popular job in twenty nine states is truck driver. That's pretty interesting, right? Um, yeah, I, I, and how about to like the, the the lot of legal stuff? I mean, that's not a low paying uneducated job, right? Doctors, it, a lot of medical stuff that they think could be taken over with AI. And on balance, I I, I agree with the philosophy that. Uh, innovation will have, will create more jobs than it destroys. But mm-hmm. it's not as simple as the guy whose job was displaced now is working in this new industry. Right. The, the, that the transition isn't training, yeah. et cetera, yeah. and, and that uh, transition can be, can be very, very difficult. And as always, the, the difficulty with change these days is the pace of it. Took a hell of a long time to phase in the automobile back in the day. Uh, these days, entire industries go away in the space of five years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, you know, the 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 job of government um, in terms of the social safety net 
is changing, and it will change, and I think it has to change. But I will tell you this, again, as a small government guy, and this goes back to the argument I'm always throwing at my progressive friends, if you try to get the government to do everything, it's not going to do the things it has to do well. There's no money left. And if we don't uh, change the safety net back to a safety net as opposed to a mattress, you know, a comfy mattress that that people use just because they don't feel like working, when we desperately need that sort of transitional service uh, services and retraining and temporary unemployment benefits and the rest of it, when we desperately need that, if indeed the robot revolution causes the sort of changes that Andrew Yang thinks it will, for instance, a robot revolution. Um, if if we aren't lean, mean, effective, fast-moving, and adaptive, our big, bloated, stupid mattress welfare state won't won't save us. It'll kill us. It'll drown us. None of those words apply to where we're going to be. Mean, lean, nimble, that ain't going to happen. Um... the line from Animal House Jack, the documentary about college students? Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Nancy Pelosi took on AOC yesterday in an interview with the USA Today. What she got him real tries. Oh, she got him. They both got him, actually. She got him. House Speaker Nancy... What is your problem? Or what does she say? What is the problem? Nancy Pelosi said legislation should take priority over amassing Twitter followers. While there, are pe- while there are people who have a large number of Twitter followers, what's important is that we have a large number of votes on the floor of the House, Nancy Pelosi told USA Today. Why are you mooing? Uh, so I, my, my own noise reminded me of a cow. Um, <laughs> it's so Games of Throny, you know? She's the old queen, the the Biachi old queen. Yeah. She got the hot little princess come to town. Which little, which level of the game are we actually playing here? That, right. That's what everybody needs to figure out. Right, exactly. You got the cheering crowds. It's not about cheering crowds, dumb, dumb. She also recognizes that the reason that the uh, Democrats took the House back was a whole bunch of moderates, not a whole bunch of AOCs. Correct. For some reason, the media has missed that completely. Perhaps because they're stupid and bad at their jobs and or just showing you whatever is the most exciting moment to moment. And she's hot and exciting. So, I mean, but she she's, does have that. She's the best story. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Covering, no doubt about that. Covering the modern as this county moves back to the middle. That's not going to no. sell any. And she's she just got <laughs> right. something that grabs your attention. I mean, she just does. Maybe it's just because she's attractive. But if there are a, a, a number of Congress people standing in a crowd she stands out. Yes. And the thing I she wish, says stands out. I wish science could somehow boil down how much of it is hotness. Well, didn't we determine it was like 80%? Wasn't well, that our <laughs> guess from the very beginning? Well, we're not science. I think it is. I really do think it is. Well, yeah. I mean, how else That's are you That's unfortunate. Do well, I'm, I'm trying to picture like a contemporary of hers that's just notably unattractive. And... I mean, because she does have this youthful, overconfident, exuberant, uh, uh, you know, uh, comfort in her own skin thing. Yeah. That that makes you want to pay attention to her. But she's also just like an uber cutie. 
And so, you know, especially in the, the internet TV era, well, she, she comes and smiles and squats down in front of the camera and does an Instagram video. And like especially she's some in model. freaking D.C. where right. the average age is 68. Right. I mean, go on. She's 29. And that's the intern. In a room full of 60-year-olds. That helps. Yeah, yeah it does. <laughs> Interesting, though. That was a shot oh, Nancy heck yeah. took. Heck yeah. That wasn't even subtle. No. I, Twitter followers don't matter. Votes yeah. matter. Wow. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.